and today is special because we bring back the hot topic yes that show you all love and today it's all about protecting our women and this here doesn't mean we're uh, saying that we're not protecting our men as well big respect to all the guys out there but the main focus today will be on women and children We're in a safe space here, though, on Hot 95.3 FM. Stay tuned. It is about to get hot. Everything hot. Everything trendy. The topics are on fire right here on Hot 95.3 FM. Saturdays from 8 a.m., The Hot Topic. Sizzling subjects, intense discussion. Ah, Good morning. Good morning. We're looking good now. We're looking great. Today great. we're here with uh, two of the project coordinators for Operation Safe Space. They are advocates and movement builders for gender-based violence and intimate partner violence as well. But they also deal with other things. Dr. Marsha Hines and Miss Robin Paris, they are both here with me. Good morning to you both. Once again, we do apologize for the uh, technical difficulties that we were experiencing just now. Good morning again. No worries. Good morning, Zen. Yeah, I guess uh, things happen for a reason sometimes, but we're here. We're still making it happen. And uh, there's lots and lots to talk about in a short space of time. Time is really moving today. It's a Saturday. And uh, today we're talking about protecting our women and uh, also children as well. Um, Just before we get into it, let me just let the two of y'all describe your roles, what you do, and uh, let the people know. Those locked onto Hot 95, this is the hot topic. Tell them. All right. So an advocate is an individual um, who assists a woman who is having a crisis in her life to be able to move past that crisis point. So something may have happened. It may be domestic violence where there's some kind of unrest in the home. It may be intimate partner violence, um, fighting between individuals who are either married or in some other type of um, romantic relationship. It may be sexual violence, rape or street harassment or something. And that woman needs to be able to to, um, negotiate the system. So probably make police reports or go to the hospital to receive treatment, that type of thing. There may be other instances where a woman may have had a baby. Something may have happened after the baby and she needs to, you know, talk to the hospital, that kind of thing. So really, we just assist women, mainly women, but we also work with male clients as well. But mainly or or demographic is women um, because by nature of what we know about gender based violence, it affects women and girls disproportionately. But we do work with men. And we just handhold that individual to be able to move themselves um, through the system that they're that they're trying to to interact with. Okay, interesting, right there. And uh, that that's your role. So I'm guessing you spoke for everybody there just now. I think I think that describes the role of everyone. And um, while you were talking, you mentioned something, and I was having a conversation with someone the other day. We were talking about catcalling which is where a man would essentially a woman or something like that. And uh, I I thought about it real deeply because even me as, as a young man, 
I started thinking to myself, am I someone who does the catcalling thing? Have I done it before? Was it intentional? Or was it just something I learned through my experiences and being around certain people? And I thought about mm -hmm. it and I was like, you know, I've actually done it before. I, I have approached women and approached in a certain manner that may not have been respectful or may have actually been harassment in a way when you, when, 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 when you speak to the woman. So... Mm -hmm. I wanted your take on the the catcalling topic. Like, I know it is something that is not positive, but it is something that does occur. It does happen in Barbados, especially in the Caribbean. We do it all mm -hmm. the time. Um, this is how how men approach women sometimes. How how do we change that directive? I mean, we've been learning learning it through the years. Even the older men do it. Um, how do we change that directive as young men? I think it really is a, a social re-engineering. A lot of our culture is based on patriarchy. And so the, the things that have become normal to us um, really aren't things that, that should be done. And it will take a conversation. You know, it will take people looking introspectively and saying, wait, hold on. Maybe I've done this in the past and I can see how that would be problematic. And really taking a look and moving it forward. You know, we've all done th things in the past that we may not be proud of, but it's how we move forward into the future. Now, the WHO describes sexual violence as street harassment and, you know, threatening and coercive behavior. So technically, the rest of the world has acknowledged that catcalling a woman is sexual violence. And it also, you know, it is how we look at our women whether or not we look at them as equals or, you know, productive members of society or whether we consider them to be lesser than in property. So there is a way in which we have part of what we do also as advocates is the movement building, which is not only looking at the individual woman, but looking in ways in which we can make the world a better place for women. That's at the systemic level, that's at the policy level, and that's at the conversation level and the cultural level and how we interact as a society. Okay, so we're talking about equality here um, in that case. Do you think in Barbados uh, there's gender equality? There absolutely is not. We have a far, far way to go. And like you rightly said, Zen, it comes out of a, of a cultural um, approach that we have. And so we, we raise our men, we raise our boys, we raise our girls to um, think that the way that we are interacting with each other as people know is the only way to interact but when we go when those same men and women go let's say to canada for example to live or the united states of america um there are several 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 caribbean people caribbean men who live in these societies who don't want cat call anybody and they don't do it because they know that that society no longer accepts that and there will be penalties for it now, I don't want to get into any simplistic discussions this morning. I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, women just need to take a compliment. We need, we know when we are being complimented. And Agreed. we like that. And also give men compliments. Oh, Agreed. that's a nice shirt, guy, right? Yeah. But what we don't do is if the guy doesn't say anything or, or you know, if he says thanks and he keeps moving, we don't go behind him. You, boy, you. You can't hear me talking to you. You, 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 you and that big chest you got and, and take it into another realm. 
So we are clear that what we are talking about here is that realm where it becomes unacceptable and we all understand when it becomes unacceptable. Yes. But yes, there it, it is because we don't have the equality. That's the part of the of the challenge. Believe it or not, I've actually seen women do the calling thing to men as well, which is strange. But when I think about it, but it is it is uh what it is. It has happened and um we need to change the directive, I think. Let me ask you another question then. Do you think there's gender equality in business, in the business world? Because uh, from my observation, I've been seeing a rise in women being in what we would call, quote unquote, powerful positions. Women are in managerial positions. They are the boss. You know what I mean? Um, it's as, as opposed to in the 80s or the early 90s to now, women women have really been standing out and uh, uh taking their place as leaders in the world even even gender roles have been changing where uh in the 80s or the early 90s you may have had a woman who who would kind of be like a housewife while the the man is the breadwinner that's that's the that's the standard we used to live with right well, I mean, Zen, I, I, I don't want to get too historical, okay. but that is never the standard that we have lived with in the Caribbean. If you think, about our, history, if uh -huh. you think about our history in the Caribbean, our societies came out of, of a slave plantation model where women worked alongside men in the field. Okay. I came along with my grandmother working grown to be able to provide for her family. Caribbean women um, have never really not worked. So that model is a model that has been uh, imposed on us from other societies. But Caribbean women have always been breadwinning and they have always worked alongside men. What I would, what I want to say quickly, you heard Robin talk about patriarchy just now. Patriarchy is a system that sees men as more powerful, more capable of leadership, more in control of themselves than women are. Women need help, women need assistance. And what I will say is that the way that patriarchy um, happens, women also have to keep that system alive. And so what I'm, what I'm uncomfortable with in Barbados is that we have a lot of women in positions of power in Barbados, mm -hmm. but they are not women who are challenging the patriarchy. So at the level of the street, you don't get a difference in the lives of women. You don't get a woman who is saying, I identify with the agenda of equality. This is something that is important to me. And so then we get we get women in, in high positions in office who will tell women in Barbados, well, the time that you have now in the COVID lockdown, learn a recipe and cook it. So really and truly, although you have these women being placeholders, you really don't have women who are challenging that system of patriarchy and encouraging that social reengineering that Robin was speaking of. Interesting. And I think it's, oh, I think it's also ahead. important to mention, I'm sorry, um, to say that in the business world, when we talk about equality, we're talking about the ability to attain the same things that a man can attain without some of the difficulties. So a lot of the women who have succeeded and achieved 
positions of high rank have done so at a much greater difficulty than a man would in the same position. And also it's the, the freedom to choose. So a woman doesn't have to decide to want to go and be a CEO of a business. She can decide to be a homemaker, but it is the ability to choose what she decides to want to do, not just because she is a female. All right, today we're here with two of the project coordinators of Operation Safe Space, uh, Dr. Marsha Hines and also Miss Robin Paris. They're both advocates and movement builders for women and gender-based violence and also intimate partner violence. They're here with me right now in the Zoom and we're talking about protecting our women. Question, how can a man, or give me some examples of how a man can protect a woman. I'll start with... Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Any mini mini mo. I'll start with Miss Paris here. <laughs> well, I think um part of part of what you spoke about is really what needs to be done. It needs to be an acknowledgement of what women are going through. So when you look at catcalling, let's take that example, think about what a woman goes through in terms of when she has to step out of out of her home. I can tell you that most women, when they know that they have to go to town, is a whole process in their head of, oh gosh, what am I wearing? Um, is somebody going to call at me? You know, this is the true. lives in which our women live. That's and when so you true. understand that, you can start to look at yourself and understand, okay, why is this behavior problematic? What is it that I am doing? And another thing um, is a lot of men like to look at it and say, well, you know, not all men. I don't do that. So, but the problem is there has to be some sort of accountability, whereas women often pull each other up and say, well, you're not supposed to do that like that, or you're not supposed to do that like that. The, the male unit kind of stays together as a unit. We don't often call each other out. Don't say, okay, you know, what are you doing, buddy? That's wrong. Don't do that. That is how we can get, and you know, this, this change won't happen until we all buy into the change. It is a change at a cultural level that is both men and women. Yes, and I believe uh, sometimes when men try to tell another man, well, hey, you're doing something wrong to this lady, um, they're kind of looked up, looked at, sorry, as, as like less of a man. They're, they're looked at as, as almost like you behaving like a woman because you're telling me these things, that I shouldn't do these things. And that's so wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. as you said, we need to be accountable. Uh, we need to take responsibility. And we can protect our women. And not just protect the women, but uh, protect the children as well. Because as we've been seeing, um, especially here in the Caribbean, a lot of strange things are going on. I've been seeing kidnappings of young girls in, in Jamaica. Um, here in Barbados, there was a case of, of, of abuse of a, of a young a young child is a young girl as well i mean how do we protect children like that how do we how do we get in the conversation and get them in a safe space operation safe space is just that is there any line i could call if if maybe um i'm experiencing some issues i just i just want to have a conversation i'm a woman i'm a mother and uh you know we're going through a hard time can i call operation safe space Yes, you can. Our call number is 8301833, 8301833. Um, we also have OSS.246 on Instagram and Facebook. We find that some individuals prefer that medium. You just write into us, we respond to your questions. 
Um, and we also have email as well for, for those individuals who want to use that. But I just want to, I think it is important here quickly to underline that the reason why we are having all of this um, conversation and all of these challenges between us as, as men and women, it has a lot to do with gender roles and how we ascribe behaviors to people based on if they're woman and man. And some of the things that, that we are um, upholding as gender roles. So gender roles are basically how we expect women to behave and men to behave just by the virtue of them being woman or man. Wow. Some of these things we are holding on to are so, they're so old. They come from a society that is that looks nothing like our society now. And like I said, in the Caribbean, some of these gender roles come out of other societies, um, you know, um, first world societies and that type of thing that were never really set up like ours. So a part of the problem is that we have to start to recreate systems that work for us. I don't have a problem necessarily with, with the men in my life trying to protect me, but you can't protect me unless you have a conversation with me. It has to start with, Marshall, what do you need? How, how can I help you? How can I make you feel safe? I don't think that there's any woman who, who you know, doesn't want that. But if you start by telling me, don't go out to this house or whatever the case may be, that's not what I need to be protected. That's what you think that I need. It has to start with a conversation. And so even the way we talk to each other um, is going to be an important thing to look at moving forward. Yes, I, I, I need to know because women, let me, let me, let me be very careful with what I'm saying. But I've it's realized a safe space. Oh. <laughs> it's a safe space. I understand. It's a safe space. I've, I've been seeing women who act more independently. It's almost like I don't need a man in my life. I can do this myself. I don't need you, but I may want you for certain things. Apart from that, I don't need you. Let me do my own thing. The women are so independent. And uh, social media is, a, is, is another thing that we're going to talk about real soon. Because that, that is a, a special, special thing right there, social media. Now, I see that uh, Operation Safe Space is very keen on rights and also the, the laws of the land. Um, I've seen y'all write some, some articles, some mini articles, um, essentially telling people about certain laws and rights that a woman may have. Uh, can you point out a couple of those for me? Maybe some that women may overlook or maybe they just don't know. A lot of people actually don't know their rights or, or, or laws, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So mm -hmm. give, give me a couple of those uh, off of your head or maybe off of the page um, that our listeners here can take in. But I think the, the kind of the first and most important and comprehensive law for women who are experiencing violence would be the Domestic Violence Protection Orders Act. CAP 130. And it's also really important to note that that received some serious amendments in 2016, which brought the previous law kind of into the 21st century. Um, now, saying that, you know, not every woman thinks necessarily that she may or may in the future experience domestic violence, but due to the nature of our society, we find that most women in Barbados, if not in the Caribbean, at some point in their lives, experience some sort of domestic violence, whether it's in the home or one when in an intimate partner relationship. So that is one where we are trying to educate women 
um, as to all of the benefits and the remedies that come with the law so that, you know, when they find themselves in a situation where they're seeking help, they understand what their rights are. And unfortunately, we've realized that our, you know, our society is really under-informed about this this particular law. There are other laws that speak to, you know, sentencing and and kind of providing some sort of punitive remedy for uh, an assault or or a harassment when it uh -huh. happens to a woman. But CAP 130A does more than that. It speaks to rehabilitating the perpetrator so that the the, the behavior does not occur again. It speaks about insulating the woman so that she is able to kind of close off everything and be able to heal so that she doesn't continue to perpetrate the same behavior because there is a real way in which this this cycle is is generational so if it happens in the home if you are a child and your parents are are fighting or they become physical that becomes the model by which you see the world and when you go out into the world and become an adult you that cycle continues and that is something that we know to be true so our, our mission, in, in addition to saving women after um, the violence has occurred, is yeah. to have some sort of preventative measure so that the violence doesn't occur in the future, to break the cycle. So tell me something. That, that, uh, that one you called there again is CAT 130A? CAP. C-A-P. C-A-P. Yeah. 130A. Okay, so for those ladies out there, Who'd, who'd like to know more we're just giving you uh that name there that you can actually go and research because i did it myself i saw it on the page operation safe space by the way we're here with uh two advocates two project coordinators of operation safe space dr marcia hines and also miss robin paris they are advocates and movement builders for gender-based violence and intimate partner violence and more right here on Soundtricity on the Hot Topic. We're talking about protecting our women. Now, another way that uh, we can protect our women, when it comes to social media, if you realize we're getting into the age of vlogging and blogging and essentially showing all parts, all aspects of your life. And um, women may do this thing where they may go to dinner with some friends. They snap exactly where they are. People can see the location. On their way home, they snap, you can see the location again. They're home now, snap, you see the location again and everything like that. Um, social media can be a very dangerous place because there are predators, there are all kinds of people there who may just be trying to stalk you, to, to you know, look at your life and, and maybe even invade your life, your privacy. Um, it can be very dangerous. I was actually watching this series. I don't know if any of you have ever watched it. Um, it is called You. Uh, You've watched that already? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and from watching You, I, I learned so much. It's like you can really have somebody stalking you and you don't even know. You don't even realize until it becomes dangerous. So uh, what advice do you have for women who are heavy on the social media usage and who love to vlog every aspect of their lives? Well, this is one where I, I weigh both things because yes, as women, it is ingrained in us all of the things that we need to do to keep ourselves safe. You know, you can't wear certain clothes, you can't go out at certain times. And I think as women, that has been ingrained in us um, just based on parenting. I watch people parent their boy children and their girl children totally differently. 
Um, so yes, there is a way in which we do have to currently, based on the current circumstances, protect ourselves. However, there is also a way in which we need to change the, the way that women are looked at, because again, that comes out of the society. That stalking online, that also happens in the streets. So whether or not you are, you know, you can be as safe as you want online and something may still happen to you That's when true. you're walking down the street, when you're walking into, a, you know, a dark alley. You know, one of the one of the quotes that really stuck out to me was, you know, in, in the dark, men fear ghosts and women fear men. And, and so there is a real way in which when women are online and trying to gain back some of that independence, trying to gain back some of that ability to feel safe again, that that should be allowed. It should be, a, it, and it should be respected. So we have to put things in place where, just as Marcia said, when you go out, you know, yes, these things happen all over the world, but there are repercussions for people who perpetrate this type of behavior. And that's what we don't have here. There really is a way in which we enable the type of behavior, one where, you know, the society doesn't tell people, you know, what you're doing is wrong, where the police don't tell, you know, the, the perpetrator what you're doing is, is punishable, and where the government doesn't acknowledge that we have a real problem um, in the society in which we live. All right. Uh, doctor, do you have anything to add? You could actually uh, turn on your microphone there. Um, I believe your microphone is off. As long as you get it, uh, uh -huh. here, here you are. <laughs> no problem. You're in a safe space. Yes, you have something to add, right? Yes, I do. There was a little piece of a of a of a question you started there, and I I don't want to run from anything, so I actually won't go back there. When you're sure. talking about women being so independent and they don't need a man, they want a man. And I think this is the type of conversation that men start need to start to have with themselves mm -hmm. and with the women in their lives. Now, my grandmother needed a man to help financially with, you know, the maintenance of the house, the maintenance of the children, so on and so forth. So many women before me have enabled me to be able to uh, pick up education and to have uh, you know, certain amenities that make my life such that I am financially independent. So it means that the man that is coming to my life cannot come to my life and think that he will lord over me with finances. He has to come to my space mm -hmm. willing to have a relationship on an emotional level, willing to have a relationship where we can support each other and where we are equals in the relationship. And I think that because of the way that we have constructed manhood, the, the things that we tell men in the Caribbean they have to do to be men, mm -hmm. they cannot switch out of that traditional mold of what their grandfathers or what their forefathers would have done to become the type of, of, of individual that, a, that a, uh, to put it this way, a modern day woman would want in a relationship. So my grandfather could have 25 women in the village and all 25 would take place because they knew that that was tied to their um, economic viability. I am not going to do that because my economic viability doesn't depend on, on my grandfather in, or, or a man in the same way that it would have for my grandmother. So the question now is, what are men going to do? How do we change? How do we begin to think about being in relationships differently? And when Robin talks about social re-engineering, that really is what it is. 
several, several, and there are so many women in, in my life, in my family circle, we're all single. Mm-hmm. And we're not single because we feel we're better than or because, you know, we don't want men. What we don't want is is the type of men that our, that our grandmothers had. And that's when it gets hot. Now, you see, you, you went into, into a bit of polygamy there, I think, where you spoke about the, the grandfather having all these women in the community. And no, again, polygamy and cheating are not the same thing. Oh, 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 oh sorry. Same. Sorry. He wasn't actually married to <laughs> all of these women. He was just. Uh, he, he was cheating, right. whether he was married or not. The thing about uh, the thing about polygamy is that it is a it is an understanding that all of the parties in the relationship have. And there are many women who are open to polygamy. But that is different from you making a commitment to me and us being supposedly um, being in a relationship where there's supposed to be no other parties. And then you are just running around the place, not being able to to have the self-control to, to, to stick to the commitment that you made. So I don't have a problem with polygamy because adults will construct their relationships how it is comfortable for them to construct the relationships. But I have a problem with cheating because it is it is dangerous in terms of health. And it is also the point at which people's emotions and expectations are not met. And then it gets complicated. Yes. And uh, cheating is not a way to protect a woman. In fact, I think you got to do the opposite. If you really want to protect that woman, you need to go get a checkup together. I think now you got to do two tests. One for sexually transmitted diseases and one for COVID-19. So when you all go to have intercourse or anything, so make sure you do two tests. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we're protecting our women and uh, we were talking about the social media thing. Anything you want to add to the uh, social media topic here where women uh, basically show their whole lives on, on, on an online platform? And how dangerous that can be. By the way, ladies, I think every lady should learn self-defense. This, mm. it, it, it may sound strange, but, well, men and women, but I think women especially should learn self-defense um, at this stage um, in what we're going through. Anyway, there's well, so, so much that we can talk about. I think I have like two minutes left because I also have another interview coming up at 8.30. So uh, just before we go, anything you would like to add before I ask my next question? But one, sorry, Marsha, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Robin. It's okay. Well, one thing that we're working on at the moment in terms of movement building is um, this decision that's coming up. Um, well, the the matter that's coming up in the Court of Appeals on Tuesday, October 27th, mm-hmm. um, where attorney at law, Lalu Hanneman, is going to request leave to um, appeal a judgment that the Court of Appeals um, handed down earlier this year. And unfortunately, in the judgment, they ruled one of the uh, protections of the Domestic Violence Protection Orders Act is that a, a former spouse, a former relationship is covered under that act. Because, you know, we know research has showed that research has showed us that um, the most violent and volatile time is when a victim leaves a relationship, not necessarily when they're in a relationship. And so this judgment actually limited how long a person can be considered a former spouse or a former partner 
Um, and so Mr. Lalu Hanuman is going up against the same Court of Appeals on Tuesday um, to plead his case that he should be allowed to, to appeal the judgment to the highest court in the Caribbean, which is the Caribbean Court of Justice. So uh, we would love people to go and check out our uh, social media pages and to educate themselves a little bit more on the matter. And if they feel to, to also speak out in support of ensuring that Mr. Hanuman is granted the leave, granted the permission to be able to take this case to the Court of um, to the Caribbean Court of Justice. Interesting stuff there. We're talking to Operation Save Space, the family, they're here. My last question for both of you before y'all leave is this. How can women protect women? I'm going to start. Women, you can protect other women by doing this. If the two of y'all are going out, check for one another. If someone is going home, make sure they're going home with the right person. Make sure they get home safely. Furthermore, if you're the one dropping them home, make sure that they walk inside, close the door and lock the door before you just drive off. You know what I mean? That's just one way of women protecting women. You know, check for one another. Can y'all add uh, to that there? Operation Safe Space Family? I think that one of the ways that women have to protect each other is to build a stronger sisterhood. So again, because of our historical realities in the Caribbean, women were conditioned on the plantation to compete against each other as opposed to supporting each other. Mm -hmm. We are also heavily invested in upholding patriarchy because it makes us look like a good woman to the men. And that's what we, we want to be perceived as, as, as that good woman. Okay. And so I think that we have to, it, it is a lot of emotional work. It is a lot of internal work. Um, and we have to always be willing to give another sister the benefit of the doubt. It is, it is important. Sometimes things are not what they, what they seem to be. And we can, we can clearly understand that when it comes to a man, when it comes to a woman, she's just, she do it because she wicked and she do it because she worthless. And that is our default position. And I would love to see that change over the next three to five years. All right. Thank you so much for that, doctor. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Miss Barris? Uh, and I think I think Marsha really hit the nail on the head there. It is creating a sisterhood. Yes, you know, again, as women, we are given the entire litany of all of the things that we must do in order to protect ourselves. But the sisterhood is key, technically. So a safe space is important. All right. Thank you so much, uh, everybody for making it here today it's been a pleasure having you all in company and there's so so much we can talk about uh, i really wanted to go a little more in depth but time is of the essence thank you so much once again uh, to both of you and thank you sir. hopefully we can continue this conversation very soon all right you have a great day and weekend both of you bye-bye bye-bye thank you all righty then that was the Operation Safe Space family. You can go check them out on Instagram, OSS.246 on IG. Two of the uh, project coordinators, they were here with us, Dr. Marsha Hines and also Miss Robin Paris. They are advocates and movement builders for gender-based violence and intimate partner violence. So women, y'all can protect each other. Men, you can protect the women. And of course, we got to protect the children.